Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome and good to have you with me. This is Alex Afondi, the Acquisition Entrepreneur. And today I have a very special guest in what I'm calling the uh, Chronicle series. And what I'm looking to do here specifically is record and essentially document the success and the progress of specific individuals that I'm personally impressed with and their progress in this journey of acquiring businesses and becoming multimillionaires through acquiring businesses, existing that is, as, this, as is the subject of this uh, podcast. And then really, as I've discussed with my guest today, uh, Mario Scott, my objective is in two to three years, when this guy is driving his Bentley or Rolls Royce or whatever he's desiring to drive uh, or sitting in his backyard, you know, while our chef is cooking, a, his chef's cooking, a, you know, a, a nice meal for us, you know, we're going to also interview and talk about his progress. So today would be a look forward. Uh, the plan is for two, in two to three years to have a look backwards, but probably on camera. And that will be fun. Uh, so my guest today is, as you heard, Mario Scott. He is 26 years old. By the way, I'm 27, so I'm impressed with your progress so far. And he's essentially implementing the QLA process, the Quantum Leap Advantage um, he came across a podcast, he listened to it, and is like, what in the world? I've got to get on this, and he's going to tell us all about it. Mario, man, good to have you with me, and welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. I'm actually extremely honored to be on this, uh, this podcast with you. I've been talking about doing a podcast or just being on one for the longest time, and now I get the opportunity to be here, so sure, I appreciate man, it. Sure, you know, we got to help each other out, because I'm starting this. This is probably my... 12th podcast or something you know or something of that sort and uh, so this helps me out as well so i appreciate your time yeah, who knows maybe i could be a co-host one of these days but. yeah no doubt man hey you're a guest now so so let's get to it dude so you know the vast majority of people and this is not an opportunity to bash on others and their and their and their, how they live their lives but the vast majority of people follow a specific path to to their life you know, they go to school, me and my, you know, in my case, right? Went to finance school, graduated, got a job, hated it, got laid off, got a job, hated it, company closed. You've come across something that is rather hard to implement. Let's go back six years ago, 20 years old, Mario. What were you thinking you wanted to do in life? 20 years old, I was a sophomore at East Carolina North, uh, University. I was studying business and looking into going into human resources. And the, the crazy thing is, like you said, six, six years ago, I was thinking about like, man, this is not fun. Not only is it not fun, people, I always used to ask the, uh, the traditional institutions, like, if I want to do this as a career, why do I have to take all these other things? Like, why am I taking art history? I don't want, I don't need that. It's not, that's, that's not a necessity for me. When I was a young, when I was very young, my grandmother, uh, her name is Gloria Poole, and um, she taught me, she said, you need to have a list of necessities and wants. If it is not a necessity, you don't, you don't want it because it's going to, it's going to hinder you when you need to go do things that you, that you need to do. Right. And um, when I was 20 years old, I didn't, I didn't have a, a plan because my to me, 
being an African American, making it to eighteen was is is actually a gift. Um, not only is it a gift, it's a test of endurance and discipline. Did you listen to the point to where everything that your parents told you when you went outside on your own, when you got to yourself, did you listen to the things that you were doing at home to put you at a a, a more um, role or figure to say, hey, you know that's wrong. You know your rights from your wrong. Right. Do not do that because it'll something bad happen to you. Right. And my my grand my grandmother, I didn't know until I got a little bit uh, close to my twenties that uh, she's in the Woolsworth Memorial for uh, civil rights. I didn't know that. She didn't tell us that. But basically, she Rosa Parks. If Rosa Parks didn't sit up for, okay. in the, uh, for the uh, yeah, and, okay. yeah. So I apologize for the interruption. The uh, the video is actually getting chopped up. So just to to reduce the internet bandwidth, uh, I'm gonna cancel the video and be on audio only. Just FYI. Okay. So, <clears throat> can you still see me? All right. So, um, this is totally unscripted, but okay, there you okay. go. This, this should have a, this should be a, a clear audio. So, now let's, let's talk about that a little bit, you know, and, and my thing is, man, I, I like to start anywhere and go er anywhere. That's what I like to say in the conversation. Mm -hmm. So, you did say that making it to 18 as an African American male uh, is is an accomplishment in brief 30 seconds why is that because you're not supposed to succeed the reason why a lot of black people are held back is because of the southern strategy because of what called the southern it's called the southern strategy the, the southern strategy, the southern is, strategy. Mm -hmm, it holy, was with, uh, holy fuck what is that <laughs> so it, i'm gonna blow your mind <laughs> Oh boy! So uh, when um, what's his name? Uh, I think it was Lee Atwater. Lee Atwater did not like the, the notion of black people becoming successful. So what they did was they used uh, I think it was Rich, it was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon used his platform to say, "Hey, there's an outburst of drugs in America, and African Americans are the sole percentage of." Those people using those drugs and selling them. Okay. How about we get them? How about we get them off the streets? How do you do that? Just make like you know how cops would be like, uh, you got you got a tag out, and then you're like, oh, well, I already had it, uh, you know, taken care of with the DMV. No, you didn't. And you got this, this, and that, and start planting stuff on you. That's what the southern strategy was. The southern strategy was to put people put people of color in jail so that they start that business. And you're like, well, what's the business? The jails have manufacturing systems in there so they don't have to worry about uh, people applying for jobs for a lot of money. How about you just pay them 25, 10 cents an hour? Because they got to work. They got to go. They got, they, they're in jail. They want something to do. So the Southern strategy was another way to monopolize the uh, the jail systems in power to put uh, other high notable figures or people of statue uh, in the, the money game. And from there, the sudden strategy, they would just arrest people, arrest people, arrest people, arrest people for nothing, just standing there, just doing nothing. And if you argued in that time with Richard Nixon, it would be called the Southern exp Exceptionalism. Southern it, Exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. And okay. I learned it. I learned it. And I just, I, my grandmother, she teaches me a lot of things that I, I didn't know, but I just listened. Because you know, if you, if you, every time that you spoke, when someone is talking to you, what are you taking in? What are you retaining? So. Right. So my question is, okay, so when was the Southern 
strategy being implemented and how prevalent is it today or in your case 10 years ago when you were a 16 year old man so the southern strategy was implemented in the camp the the uh, campaign 1964 okay uh, that was kind of close to the it was actually i think it was four years before um mlk died okay um and of course times has changed now sure and to, and Tom's, Tom's always going to change. However, some things with a lot of older generations, or what they would call baby boomers, that it resonates with them. Right. Reason, reason being the same reason why they they called the Black Panthers movement um, a a detriment to society. It right. wasn't. It, it was just that the, they got educated to say the government's lying to us, and we'll tell you why. And so they hashed out all the people that was in that movement because people fear what they don't understand. That is, that is a legit thing. That is a legit thing. And it is prevalent to this day to say, I'm a 26-year-old African-American man, and I dress I dress in suits every day. And when I walk down the street, if there's a couple there, they grip each other harder as if I'm, if I'm of a threat. And, yeah. you know, I, I start to see that a lot. When I would go, when I would drive my car, I used to get pulled. I got one when I got my first car. I, I had a uh, Dodge Challenger, and I got my first car, and That's a I nice got pulled car. over. Huh? No, it's a, it's a, it's actual um, muscle car. It's oh like a, shit! It's like a like a sixties car. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a twenty fourteen Dodge Challenger, and I got pulled over four times a week, and it was like, "This your car? Uh, yeah, it's got my name in it. Well, can I see the ID?" And I'm like, "Yeah, here you go." I see, I see, I see. And you know, and I, I gotta say, dude, I gotta say. This must be a this must be a a like a North Carolina thing or Southern Carolina thing. Um, it's on the I mean, East Coast, so, South Carolina Coast. thing. Because you're on in Los Coast. Angeles, we don't see that, dude. We really don't. And I'm not saying we're lucky or anything, but it's because it started over here. So it's still it's, you still got you got you still got that population or those boomers that are still in power over here. Right. And I say that as over here, they're within 20 miles of where I stay in my apartment. There's a the headquarters for the KKK. So oh, it, you you're right. It didn't stretch all the way to California. Right. The route is over where we are. Yeah. But I always my grandmother always said I said Grandma, is there any way that the world would change? She said, it it goes back to the yin and the yang. There with evil there has to be good. With good there has to be evil. Wow. With that, this I she could say yeah. But then someone would find a way to contaminate it. So, you know, I'll tell you a story, dude. When I was, I'm 37 now. When I was in my early 20s, I thought, because <clears throat> I was just so pure-hearted, I thought, you know, I'm gonna go to law school. And then I thought to myself, you know, I think in five, six years, when I'm at a law school, if I go to law school, like there won't be any problems. Like, there's no problems to solve. And here I am, 37, and probably until I'm a million years old, there's going to be problems to be solved and worked on. So, okay, wow. That is interesting. And I know I know we obviously diverted from, from the subject, but I appreciate your, your enlightening me in the, with this. Again, I, I, I haven't experienced that in Los Angeles. I, I do go to Dallas. It's fairly diverse. But I, I'm sure you live in a different, I mean, 20 miles away from you is the KKK. That's that's. Wow, that's interesting. Um, they hold rallies all the time. Yeah. So, so, so it's not just the societal 
the local societal pressure and impression of you as a black male, but it's also what you grew up with, meaning like the environment. I like to say we, we are a product of our own environment. So it's got to be that familial, pre not pressure, but influence of like, you know, be careful, dress nice, you know, uh, uh, right. don't, don't hang around that neighborhood or that neighborhood because you're going to be looked up on as, as, as an outsider or so. It's not That's just right. the external factor, but it's really the internal factors that you tend to believe, I should say, mm -hmm. tend to believe back in the day. And just to, to piggyback off of that, like, sure. just like you said, it's, it's the better word, the better the dictionary uses is being a social pariah in a, in a, in a neighborhood that you know you're not supposed to be there. Mm. For, exa for an example, um, I, didn't, I didn't grow up on the, what we call the other side of the grass. However, I had relatives that did. Mm. My mom, my mom served the country for 15 years, and so she was able to, you know, have decent coin to have our first uh, home when I was about three. And um, the my mom was like a drill sergeant, so arguing with her, not even arguing, just she was more terrifying than my father. Um, Jesus. So, yeah, exactly. Like having a drill sergeant as a mother, a drill sergeant at home, let alone being a mom, a lady. Yeah. So um, the the lessons that I learned. Growing up, I was the middle kid, and so with being a middle kid, I always had to uh, to uh, do the hard stuff because everybody else went to go do something else. Sure, so sure. I would be stuck doing I would be stuck doing it. And the teachers that my my mom taught me, she said, "Hey, look, change your environment, and you'll change the outlook." I I love it, and I'm a strong believer in that. You know, my <clears throat> my late uh, international business professor, Mister. Uh, Mike Walter, God bless him, amazing guy, used to say, we master our environment so it masters us. Exactly. So um, so speaking of that environment, you know, I, I think obviously having grown up with a mother who was a drill sergeant for 15 years, obviously taught you some sort of discipline because when I, when I, <laughs> when I met you, dude, on the internet, on, on Facebook, and in the, in the private group that we're in, the level of discipline you had was was incredible, and so I, I do see that as a positive thing. Speaking of discipline and, and speaking of the QLA, which is the quantum leap advantage, or an, I guess advantage, what propelled you to want to do it in the first place? Because back to what you said earlier, like most everybody else, you're going about your life, you know, majoring in, in you know, this major, you know, I, I meet so many college kids and they're like, yeah, I'm a psychology major and not to bash on psychology majors, but unless you want to become a doctor, that, that's too dumb of a, of a major. What are you going to do with it? You know what I mean? Right, it's not going to make right. you money. It's not going to afford a mortgage. So, you know, what propelled you to want to do the QLA and how did you even come across it? So, uh, let's see, let me, let me get the time zone. Um, 2017, I traveled abroad to Argentina with a, uh, a student group at my, at my college um, and I was over there and I did I walked the Inca Trail now most people aren't uh, privileged enough to do the Inca Trail the Inca Trail was when the Mayans you know went up to Machu Picchu to set up camp it's like one of the eight wonders of the world and I learned something there because I'm not I don't like being me personally I don't like being last 
I'm willing to give up first place to help someone else grow. Second place has enough time to grow. And I'm willing to learn that. But the, what changed my views and how disciplined, I was walking in the Inca Trail, and that's a four-day walk. And I was walking with a group of people, and it just like Dan Penny said, show me your friends, show me your future. They were lazy. They wanted to stay in the back. They wanted to take their time. And I was like, we have to walk for four days. Why, why are we walking so slow? And so they was like, we're going to get there anyway. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to head up to the front to try to get to the other people. And while I was on my journey, I wasn't I wasn't watching my area or what I was doing around me, my environment, and I fell in some quick mud. I was by myself. Wow. And and I was sitting there, and I have the picture. Um, by the, when I got to the top, I had to use my sock to grab onto a branch and kind of like try not to, you know, break the branch, but was tugging myself because the moment you start to panic, that's where the real trouble is. And um, when I was over there. After, when I when I because I traveled Argentina to Peru to do the Inca Trail and I was over there I ran into a video by a man named Jocko Willink I watched his TED talks and I was just like whoa, whoa this dude he he teaches extreme ownership be a man enough to say I was wrong be a man enough to say if you were right not even something sometimes it's not it's not good to say that but going back to my grandmother she, she you know she she could she was like a I say four two maybe 60 pounds she said to me, she would say to me Mark, she said mario apologize when you're wrong and shut up when you're right and when you have discipline jocko says disciplines equals freedom if it's hard okay do it anyway mighty okay. grandma it's okay do it anyway yeah. and the thing when i when i got to the uh to the qla when i got to the qla the things that stuck out stuck out to me are your parents getting you where you need to go? No, I'm saying anything about my parents, but, you know, I'm just saying. If your parents get you where you need to go, are your friends helping to get you where you go, the goals that you want to do in life? When I was – and going back to your question about what I, what I did in tw- when I was uh, 20 years old, yeah. my, my best friend, I told her – we were in class. We were eating at the cafeteria, and I said, I said, Amber, I, I'm not – I give myself three to five years. Three to five years, and I'm not working a nine-to-five after that. And she was like, okay, whatever, Mario. And then I, when I started learning QLA, that was before I turned 26. But that was the fifth year. And I said, hey, I said, hey, Amber, I found it. I found it. And I stuck with it because it was free. Every morning I got up, he had a premiere of the QLA seminars. And it wasn't at 9 o'clock in the morning. It was, at 4, it was at 4 a.m. It's incredible, dude. It's, it's really incredible. So, so I wait, you watched that live? He had he on his YouTube. He had it. Um, he would premiere it at four a.m. No because now, kidding. yeah, now we we only see the video. It's like oh, six hours ago. Not not a lot of people think. Well, well how, what time was six hours ago? It was four o'clock. And so for two weeks straight, um, I woke up every. I would go to sleep studying the stuff because I was like, where where did they get this stuff from? How did they do that? And I was like, okay, all right. Well, he's coming back on at four at four a.m. I. I Okay, it's, it's, it's 12 o'clock now. Okay, I can get two hours of sleep. And I wake up and do it again. Watch every day. And then it's crazy because when I got into the, the, the first Facebook group I got, got into, I kept asking people questions. And they was like, why don't you just go search for yourself? And I was like, you're right. Because if, if, I, if I continue to ask for stuff, it's, it seems as a handout. Yeah. So go do, your own, you go do your own due diligence and look for it. And which I found all of the information online. The uh, I found the audio book, my, Your First 100 Million. I watched it. I mean, I listened to it every single day. Right. It was, nine hours, it was nine hours long, but I got 24 hours in a day. So nine hours is nothing. 
and I can do stuff while I'm working out. Yeah, so you've really dedicated yourself, and I understand. I mean, obviously, something that at times you don't realize is how technical business can be. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I've always right. like, you know, you hear of these terms, you know, venture capital and and hedge funds, and you're like, what? like unless you worked in that industry. So I am definitely myself thankful for Dan Penny and what he teaches. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the uh, the discipline and all that. Um, so, and and for you guys who don't know, essentially Dan Penny teaches how to consolidate an industry. Uh, and he teaches you a lot of technical stuff about it. So you wake up one morning and said, "All right, I'm going. I'm going to take the leap of faith." Mm-hmm. And with that leap of faith, I watched the uh, Steve Jobs uh, documentary, and he said, "I didn't have any. Most people don't get anywhere because they're too scared to pick up the phone." With that being said, to translate it to my generation, my mom used to always tell me, "You're not going to get anywhere if you don't open your mouth, Mario." You got to say something. You want to learn something? Ask. Don't be afraid. If they say no, what's the worst thing? The worst thing you can say is no. Just ask. And so I got comfortable. I was like, at first, I was like, man, that's that's, that's tough, man, because I'm an introvert by birth, extrovert by choice. And to say that, it's like, if you discipline yourself enough to say, hey, what you used to do doesn't work. How about you try this? I didn't have nothing to lose. Just like Steve Jobs said, we had a van and a T-shirt. And a dream, and we didn't. Ha- I don't have any. I don't have any kids, so I was like, "What's the worst I could? Do? What's the worst that can happen?" I lose yeah, what sleep. is the worst that can happen? Yeah, I, I didn't pay for anything. I I, 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 I woke up and watched it but every you day. Spend the time. You put in the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 that was that was the thing. And I wa- I listened to the book, um, his 1993 seminar, which got me because it was the year I was born. And he said, "You want to learn something? Let's read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill." Oh my God. Oh, yeah, dude. I didn't understand. I I got more enlightened and motivated by listening to that than I've ever been in my entire life. Well, yeah, I mean, that masterpiece, Mario, that masterpiece took him, took Napoleon Hill 20 or 25 years to write. And I'll tell you my story. And he was... he was willing to work for free, and that's the dis- that's the difference between a high performance person, as he would say, and someone that's like, I don't think I could do that. That's a sacrifice. That's the discipline. He took twenty nine seconds to make a decision, and he said, if he had took sixty seconds, it would have been let he, he would have thought of him less of a man because he wasn't willing to take an, an action. Unbelievable. And you know, I, I'll tell you something, man. My first acquisition, which is taking place in March. Um. I use that same principle of taking decisive action because I spent two days with a gentleman, with a seller, um, learning about his business. I saw his family. You know, I got to know the town, all that good stuff, and the business, of course. And then he says, what do you think? And within five seconds, I said, done, and I shook his hand. So being decisive is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Uh, the guy took the business, which is very attractive, off the market immediately. Uh, we have a, you know, we have a letter of intent. He didn't even want to deposit because I was so decisive. So, you know, it shows leader. It shows extreme leadership, responsibility, and willingness to learn and drive to per, exp, grow exponentially. You bet. You be, bet. Be enthused, man. Yeah, Smile. you bet, man. 
And let me tell you my story with uh, Think and Grow Rich. It's actually quite trippy. So I was going to college, Cal State Long Beach, or maybe I was, I was at a junior college back in the day, and I worked at Bloomingdale's in Newport Beach selling either suits or shoes, one of, uh, in a, you know, either department was the department I worked in. So, uh, sorry for that. <clears throat> so we'll continue with the podcast I'm recording in my apartment but that's quite annoying sorry for that so uh, this gentleman came up to me and his name is uh, Nick Olson and he said he asked me a couple of questions and he recommended the book and the next day he came and brought me a copy which I still have and I read that book and ever since it's it's definitely changed my life so um, highly thankful for Nick because I, I found the audiobook I found the audiobook on YouTube and I was trying to tell my my buddies that my what well, they were my buddies because you know sometimes when people don't just like what he said with the QLA people gonna think you're crazy like where did you get this information from and the quant the reason why the quantum leap advantage is so powerful is you learn so much information in a short time that it gets you off your ass to, to try because right. you you didn't you didn't put anything into this. And he says it's different because of the people who fork over the twenty thousand dollars to come to his seminars, right? Because in April I get to meet him, right? I didn't get to meet him from Pan to go to a seminar. I emailed, I t I put an email on December twelfth. I said I don't know who I have to get in touch to, but I'm gonna keep sending emails so someone gets a hold of me. And I appreciate the information. And then that's when his assistant Thelma Garcia, which me and Thelma go way back now, <laughs> she said, <laughs> she said, she said, uh, she said, hey. By the way, take advantage of the free stuff on the website. I was like, I I've been on the website. Where is all the stuff at? And she sent me a link. And then all my mouth dropped to the floor. I was like, holy moly. And in April, I think it belonged between April the 20, 20th and the 22nd, I uh, got in touch with her and I said, hey, I would like to go to this this event. And you know how they, they do the QLA boxing event? Yeah. I said in my email, upon request, I will box for free. Y'all, the people that want to pay $20,000 and get in there and act a fool and not fight, I'll box for free. I'll fight everybody in there. Give me the opportunity and I'll show you. Which, which, who's more hungry, the people who got the money or the people that's trying to get it? Well, desperation is more powerful powerful than motivation, my friend. Exactly. Because what you, what you won't do, someone else will. You bet, dude. Wow. Wow. So where is the event? When when it's, you're meeting him in April, what, what location? It's going, it's going to be in uh, Nebraska. He's going to be doing like a one-day QLA. I, I think, no, he's doing a week there. But I think um, in between that week, they're going to, he's going to be doing like the uh, the U.S. version of the QLA. That's pretty and cool. I, I just, yeah, I just kind of just kept emailing until I got an answer. Um, and the crazy thing was she was like, did you type, she asked me, did you type these emails out every day? I said, no, I just typed, I typed up 15 drafts and then put it on the schedule timer for once a day. Uh. <laughs> she thought she thought I was emailing her every single time, and I I would send it in because the UK time to our time is well of course for you too is very 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 uh, spread out. So right. just trying to stay up to see if she respond to email me back, it was like it's not even worth it. It, it. I got to go to sleep. I need to sleep. I'm not tired mentally. I'm tired physically. Yeah. Um. When you said you read the the the. The, your first the thinking go rich i took that same creed that he wrote down and i use that every single day repetition repetition positive affirmations 
changing my environment to change my future and vision. And I learned another thing. You ever heard of the quantum principles or the quantum prayers? I haven't. It's something that you can definitely take a look at. Okay, is it the on quantum, YouTube or uh, is it something I read? It was so the one video, the quantum prayer was so powerful that YouTube took it off. I got to see it though. I got to see it. No and it was way. A, a guy a guy by the name of Greg Braden. He said he asked his friend asked him and called and said, Hey, would you like to travel with me? There's been a drought in this area. I would like to go pray for rain. And he took him to the I think it was the what is it called? The the Universal Wheel. Okay. And um, he said you, they went to the top mountain and they hiked for about hours and hours. And they got to the top and it was where the earth has its feel broken by the atmosphere. Basically saying how the where it's so hard to breathe, that's the, ten, the tension, like surface tension in science terms. And he said he went up there, he took his shoes, his friend took his shoes off and they, they started the what he thought was a prayer. And then the dude smiled and got up and walked away. He was like, wait, I thought you said you was going to pray for rain. He said, no, I didn't come up here to pray for rain. You said that. I came up here to embrace the feeling of it. And he was like, what does that mean? The quantum prayer says, ask in ways that you envision it already happen. Oh, for change sure, your behavior. Change your behavior and the manifestation will begin to happen because it's your subconscious. If someone told you every day that you couldn't do something, you think that. So if you if you feel that way, then you're not going to do it. So change your behavior. Change what you tell yourself. Change what you put out there in the world, and the world will put it to your face to say, hey, here's an opportunity. It's up to you to take it, though. You know, I was, I was having a conversation with a relative of mine, and she was complaining about how she's not losing weight when she started working out five days ago. <laughs> and, I, and I actually challenged her because I'm a total believer in manifesting your dream. I said, it's your mindset. You're, you don't want to lose weight. That's why you're not losing weight. What do you mean? I'm eating healthy. And I'm, you know, she's obviously taken back by this. What do you mean? I'm eating healthy and I'm working out every day. I'm like, yeah, but you're not giving your brain the chance to want to lose mm-hmm. weight because all you're telling yourself. I'm fat. Yeah, explain, <laughs> explain the, you know, that, that subconscious mind on my over like a two-minute period. And she's like, oh, okay, I'm going to get off the phone. And she didn't really want to entertain the conversation. <laughs> Because most people get mad. They say, this is something that they say in our neighborhoods, in African-American neighborhoods. If the truth hurts, if you're scared, go to church. They say that because if you are, if you're not, if you want to hear something that's true, it's going to hurt your feelings, but get up. If you want to change your environment, change your life, you got to think, you put it there, set it to the back of your wall to say, I remember that I said I want to be, a, I, I want to be a life coach. I want to be a motivational speaker. And I want to be a venture capitalist. That's behind me. So what am I doing now to change my behavior to get there? You want to be a motivational speaker? Did you write a speech? You practice it? Maybe you should do that. You want to be a life coach? You, you talk to people every day and help them empower their lives and do better? Maybe you should do that. You want to be a venture capitalist? Maybe yeah. you learn what a venture capitalist is. Yeah. And my, my mom said the same thing. She's like, I want to lose weight. I said, okay, well, envision yourself 60 pounds lighter. She said, what's that going to do for me? It'll push you to get there. <laughs> and she was like, that's not that's not how it works. I said, if you keep saying that you, you're, you're not losing weight, one, because you keep checking it every four, four or five hours and then two or three days, you're not going to lose weight. Yeah. Have, have discipline to, if it's five or ten minutes, Go to the gym. It don't matter what you do. Just go. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so talk to me about something 
rather important, which I, I tend to believe that, I mean, based on our conversation so far, you've probably seen a lot of, as I have, you know, and my, I'll tell you a story, man. I, when I was in my early teens, I wanted to become a pilot and my closest influence who I looked up to at the time, dude, this is for Navy guys. You'll never make it, you know? And I, and I, and I took that, you know, oh, this costs a hundred thousand dollars. You'll never make it, you know? And unfortunately I've pretty much, I mean, it's no longer my dream, but I've given up my dream because someone said no. So tell me, tell me about your experience with, I'm going to use colorful language here, negative fucks around, right. around you. Now, I'm going to give you two examples, two perfect examples to that question. First example of traditional black neighborhoods. A lot of black African-Americans are raised without a father, which their mother is the sole person that they see. Sure. And me as well. My dad left when I was three years old, not because he didn't want us around. He got caught. And in the in the thought of he being caught, I'm I I'm going to go on the limb and say I am the smartest out of my brothers because I if there's a situation I don't understand I take a step back and observe what is going on around my area. What did I do? They don't do that. They act off of impulse of uh, logic versus emotion. Where I'm the logic, they're using emotion. Sure. So the the negatives, right? So in the neighborhoods, there's been times I've heard. I, my mom's never said this to me. You're never going to be shit. You ain't shit. You're going to be just like your daddy. That's that's something that uh, 80, I could go out on the limb and say 80% of black people have, could say they heard that before. And it, it, it fucks up people's brains because you, you tell people that constantly, they think that way. Of course. And so the, the problem is the, when I'm going through this journey, right? Going through this journey, um, I had a question to all my friends. And I said, hey, uh, could you tell me a time where you were sad and your mother uh, uh, pushed you to be better? And I was like, nah. Mm -mm. For another reason, I had to tell my mom, I said, mom, do you know why we don't talk to you is on an emotional level? She was like, why? she said, why? I said, because um, you taught us it's called a, a cognitive dissonance, right? It's the definition of it, right? It's cognitive dissonance basically says in the state or uh, let, me, let me make sure I got it right because I was just talking about it. Too. I was thinking about it this morning. Um, cognitive dissonance is when you are trying your hardest to defend what you taught, that you've been taught growing up. Because your first one to seven years of your life, the first one to seven years is your, your, sponge, your sponge years. Mm -hmm. Whatever you learn from that is what you hold on to. It is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude change. Right. Because you're constantly seeing it, the environment that you're in. That's the negative environment. So the second one I will say, my mom being in the army, we did what we did what we was told. My mom has a strict way. When I asked you a question, I didn't ask for an, uh, an explanation. It's a yes or no. If you did it, okay, cool. If I have to ask you why, I'll ask that. But for now, yes or no. Did you check out the trash? Well, did I ask you that? No. That discipline came into, because I couldn't go to the Army because I had asthma. However, as of October 10th, 2019, as I started to train my subconscious, I don't have asthma anymore. 
anymore. I don't have any allergies. No because I told way. I told myself every day I didn't have it. And every time I got into a situation where I would run and my my body would start to like wheeze, I'm like, dude, you don't have asthma. Would you just cut it out? And it would go away. I believe it. I believe it. And, so, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying, the negative people, the negative people always said like, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true to you. It's true to me. But I can only control how I play. And that comes back to the teachings of the meditations and Marcus Aurelius. Stop worrying about what people are doing. The thing that's wrong with our nation now and our population and the millennials that's living this earth is they're always seeking accreditation or or some sort of, hey, 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 from other people. Like, you're doing good. Like, like why are you worrying about other people's time or what they got going on focus on yourself know yourself and no one can take that from you we're a nation we're we've become a nation of validation actually really the world that's, I mean, that's, that's a good <laughs> i just actually came up with it thank you i mean china china the middle east russia you know everybody's on you know uh social media promoting themselves you know um like i've never imagined in my life that I would see so many girls fascinated with their own ass. Paying all that money to do all of that stuff to get the, the injections. When all you had to do is put the hard work and go to the gym. Right. And and I say this and I say this in a humorous way, dude, because like I, I pop on my feet on Instagram and mm. you know, it's like three to four models and they're all doing ass workouts you know what i mean and i and i genuinely today believe that these girls are more fascinated with their ass than than men are fascinated with their ass it's it's a sick thought i know but it it's is like dude like, how much of it can i can i can a person get so mm-hmm. back to the main can I, can subject I, can i pick can i pick you on that there quick though sure absolutely my, my uh i have two mentors um, and my, my strongest mentor, well, not strongest, but the lady that I learned from the most, of course, she's a lady. She's 6'3", right? Uh-huh. And uh, I was just asking her a question, and I said, hey, um, and the funny thing is her name's uh, Tina. Okay. But this, this lady is like, when Tiny? I say tough, tough shit, Tiny she's Tina? the first. Uh, no, she's 6'3". <laughs> she's 6'3". three. just and, kidding. And uh, uh, she's the first African-American black Woman heavy operator in the U, uh, the, uh, the Shaw Air Force Base in South Carolina, North Carolina uh, United States. Sure. And I say that, and she, when I tell you, she said, Mario, do not wait until you're 30 years old or 50, 40 and 50 to have a zero tolerance policy for negative things in your life. I was like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm 18. And she said, be able, be strong enough. If they don't pick you in your, in, if they don't pick you for a team, be strong enough to take your ball and go home. If they don't want to play with you, then go home. Go do something else. Yeah. Use your time wisely. And with the women, with the women that's doing that, the way this is a discipline, I and whoever watches this as a young man in this world, please take heed to this because we love. I, I, I love Mac Miller's music, and what happened to him is it was the discipline thing. But he did say at one point, "She's not pretty or ugly. She's just fair." If you had that same mentality. They're not offering you anything other than a maybe sexual encounter. If they're helping you get to a million-dollar acquisition, then heck yeah. Let's talk. I love it, and dude. So, and so if and if you would take that same approach, because if you ask a woman, right, if you ask a woman a question, they do three things. Question with the question, elude the question, and try to use their body to get out of it. With that being said, if you were to ask them, hey, if you were to, if you saw me in a coffee shop, how would you pick me up? 
uh, I, I wouldn't. I would. I don't. I don't do that. It's not the point. How would you do if you had the test, the opportunity to? I don't have to do that because men come to me. That's the issue because they think that they're entitled to something that you go. Ha- you have to. Uh, us being this man, you know how hard it is getting rejected, but we still go out there and try to get girls' numbers at the club and stuff like that. I took myself and said, man, forget that. This is gonna help me better myself. Y'all not, you all are not bettering me by trying to offer me something. Yeah. No, I'm not going out of my way to do that. But yeah, that's just to say that to people. Like, don't don't worry about it, man. Just focus on something else. Yeah, and this is really important for the for the young guys guys out there because I think our culture promotes you know picking up girls at the club or chasing tail, if you will, and that is probably the most distracting thing you can do. And, you know, I, I say this as, as I now I am, am older because I personally, man, I've, I've wasted a lot of time with just dating and, you know, knowing it's going nowhere. So um, definitely focus on your career for the young guys out there. Um, and, you know, I used to listen to a gentleman with the name of uh, Tom Likas who was very popular in the late 90s radio personality. Talked about dating and relationships and you know he says one thing and, and this isn't me trying to be critical or anything but he said he said this fairly often and he said have you ever come across a 60 year old cashier at a grocery store have you ever ever come across a uh, a 50 year old uh chauffeur uh, that that works a bus at the airport well tell you what i can guarantee it and this is tom like speaking he can guarantee that this person knocked someone up in their in their early twenties, and this really ties up ties back to the conversation we were speaking to earlier about the African American community and these these boys, unfortunately, not having any dads. And there's nothing more influential than a father, a good father that is, in a home. Hi, I, well, it's I all tying back this. together. Kind of interesting. Yeah, however, I will say this. My mom told me, and I was a young age, because me being a middle kid, I was always observing because I didn't want to get in trouble because they had we had a strict rule in our house. There's, there's no I in team. One person get in trouble, everybody get whoopings or get beat. Everybody. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. However, she did something that resonated with me. I didn't. I had a strong dissonance towards my father. The reason why is because I, I could at a young age I could see through the BS that he was doing. Because with people who don't have strong discipline, just like you say, with those people that drive, and you see those people that are out there, the same discipline that you you lack, right? People can just like a, like a, a a parasite will just infect you. And my father was using my brother to get back at my mom. And in the event that he was doing that, my mom said, "Don't say nothing, just watch." And I did. I didn't say nothing because mm-hmm. I'm a man of if you give me a warning, trust me, you don't ever have to ever tell me something not to do again. I saw you told me I could I believe you and my mom told me to watch and I did and so then the time came and my brother called the uh, child protective services on my mother and she asked him who told you to do it he said I did it on my own but who coached you to do it and she said well he said well my dad did he said he said so why well he said that you wasn't treating them right and he said well would you like to go live with him and he said no and so as I'm looking, I'm smiling, my, like I'm smiling. I'm like, so why would you jeopardize what you got going on if he don't even want you? Right. And it's tough. It's tough. Dude, it is tough. You know, and it's, you know, obviously we started 
with the intention of talking about QLA and, and the business, and we're jumping into but to, some. But to but to get to the QLA, you gotta have this. You gotta have that mental leader under control. You have to you have to know where you came from to know where you're going. I'm a firm believer, and I sincerely appreciate your sharing this because this isn't easy for people to talk about, and this is obviously getting publicized on on podcasts. So, it's the, the one thing you can take as a quote. I learned it from a, uh, a musical philanthropist. Like they Lay it on me, dude. He says, you got to scrape the game for every crumb because you came from a fucking penny. You remember that. Let that let that pain that you went through ignite the change that you want to be in your life. And that comes, it comes from, just, I listen to a lot of, a, a lot of music, uh, lyrical music. And that right there is like, if I'm, put that in my brain that is the truest thing i've ever heard don't forget where you came from don't forget don't forget what happened to you how you got started don't forget that let that be your motivation to get up and fight because if you get pushed down and you get pushed down and you just quit you are just as weak as a baby that is born that doesn't know anything mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten a baby will be more will be smarter than you in three years because of the sponge of their brain can learn three to four times the languages hold and retain information because we are too in a, a uh, what do you say uh, we're too stubborn to try too stubborn to try couldn't agree more man um, but go ahead about the QLA I got, no, I got some more no 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 dude this is this is fascinating let me tell you and let me tell you man I mean I I'm, I'm fascinated with what you said because you know, I've certainly had a, I mean, obviously in Los Angeles, I've had a fair share of exposure to the African-American community, but I don't have, you know, like I'm not family friends with African-Americans in, in, I have friends, but I haven't seen their homes. I haven't seen right. their, their families. So you're seeing things that I haven't personally been exposed to. And it's so fascinating. Like there are, I mean, you said, you said, uh, if you're scared, go to church. And there, I mean, you know, the song by Ice Cube. Yeah. And you, now it's you, like, whoa, wait, this comes from somewhere. Because <laughs> look at all, look, if you looked at the Christianity population, about 80% of them is African-Americans. But you know, one thing I, I don't like to, like, I had a conversation last night with my buddies and I said, man, hey, I, I, I always tell people, man, if you got faith in something and that faith has got you where you are, hold on to that. Now take this and learn this too. I tell people, because my mom, I'm, I just go, I'm going to just say it just like this. I, I don't really have any Middle Eastern friends. I do. We play baseball together. I grew up playing baseball. Right. Um, um, the thing that my mom, we were talking about the other day, maybe a week and a half ago, um, she was like, dude, you, she's, I'm proud of you. I said, thank you. Um, and she was like, I, I know God's going to pay me back. And I know you're going to pay me back. And so then I said, so would you, and I asked her, I said, so would you call me a God? And I said, mom, not being disrespectful to your religion. I just said, what, if if you, if God was going to pay you back, what you need me for? And she was like, I don't bash you. And I said, okay, all right, well, can I ask you this? If you say you're not, you're not going to bash me, but if I only believe in myself, because this is, discipline is believing in yourself. If I only believe in myself, what are you saying to me? Should I allow that negative negativity as Napoleon's Hill? If it's negative, I don't want to hear it. If it's positive criticism, I'll, I'll take it on. But if you're telling me he's going to pay you back. What you need me to pay you back for? And if that's the case, am I seen as a God to you? But that's another topic. It's just, I, and I said, mom, I'm not, I don't want to bash you. I'll just say, think if you take the time to think, 
If I believe, I only believe myself because nine times out of ten, the first one to seven years of the, of a baby's life, they don't know anything about a religion. They don't know anything about it. They don't know what water is. They just drink it and eat it, eat food. They don't. They poop and cry. If they didn't know that, how can you bash them for something they didn't know? How can you say that, oh, well, this is a part of my my faith? Okay, keep your faith. But is it making you a million dollars? Learning how to make acquisitions and merge, merges and acquisitions? Is it learning? Is it teaching you the, the quantum leap advantage? No. So why are you so stubborn to push yourself to learn something new? Because well, the African-American yeah. African -American population are so rude to each other. Like, we're rude to each other for no reason. We're so rude to each other because they, they don't, they don't want to uplift each other. They think that because, oh, they got it like that, we got to take it from them. That's something that they go through all the time. And when you distance yourself and you just observe, it's like caged animals. Like, when y'all going to get out of the cage, man? And I can't help you because you don't believe me. Because you don't believe yourself. That's so if you, insane, if the truth hurts, that's, the truth that's... hurts. Go to church then. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, you know, and this, this will be my last comment on on, on rap songs, I guess, but uh, Dr. Dre in his Chronic chronics two, chronic 2001, he says, uh, you know, if, what, what, you know what, what if they wanted you killed, you would move to a new house on a new hill. I'm not a rapper by Thank any you. means, but, you know... Um, and, yeah, man, it's it's like, you, if you gotta, if you got because you single-handedly you i'm sure you can help a few individuals mario but I, you single-handedly you probably cannot change the attitude and the approach to life of right you which, can only you can only control how you play but you can show them a different way exactly. don't talk about it my, my grandma always says don't talk about it be about it well napoleon hill says uh don't tell the world what you're doing but and first, then, and then the Bible and, and the Christianity says this is where I they uh, they this is where science and religion clashes because TD Jakes almost got in trouble with the smart people group. When I say smart people, the people who study quantum physics because he tried to tie a quantum physics uh, definition or theory into his sermon. And they said, "Hey, this is on Reddit." It was like, "Hey, we don't we don't come at you for the religion. So if you don't want it to be exposed, please take that out your sermon and please do not refer to anything in the quantum." And I say that today because uh, <laughs> it's funny, it's, it's extremely funny, because people in the Christianity religion, I tell you, they're so defensive, they're so defensive, well, my my God did this, my, da, da, da. okay, if he did that, um, why are you still living the same way? People say, oh, I'm Christian, you, you a diehard Christian? They're like, yeah, okay, so why aren't you are in the Amish religion where they live by the Bible? Well, I need to take care of stuff. That's an excuse. Yeah. But, you know, you can only control how you play, but if you show someone better than you tell them, because nine times out of ten, you could be you could be nice and say, hey, you know, because would you agree? That, is, there, is there anything nice that comes out of Mr. Pena's mouth? No. No, but it's fucking but real it's, dude it's true that's right and so i said I, my mom said to my brother i mean to me she said you can't be so hard on your brother i said if i'm not hard on him who's gonna push him and she and she was like well what if he doesn't what if he doesn't push then that's his weakness let him lament in his own weaknesses i gave him an opportunity and i asked him hey would you like to do this would you like to do this would you like to learn this this, this? he it said doesn't. no and then when i was nice about it he didn't want to take it but then when i was rude and said hey look man look you've got this going on do you go over there? Once you become negative energy, I don't want you to be around me. 
I don't want to, I don't want that contamination. And mom said, you can't be like that towards your brother. I would be like that to anybody who's negative. You want to be negative? Go away. Right, 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 right. And I, and I bet yeah. you anything, I mean, you know, once you succeed and if he doesn't, he'll be kind of criticized. It's just the nature of the beast, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if they don't you. understand you, they fear you. So, um, you know, back, back to QLA, dude. Um, right, right, so right, right. you're consolidating the commercial cleaning industry so talk to me about your first acquisition so my first acquisition it was very very i mean when i tell you it was just like dan Pena says success leaves clues right so we're looking i'm learning all the information that i need to get my uh to take the first steps into finding a business right the fragmented business the 40 percent yeah the profit margins so i'm like let me find something and I always was trying to find something that I wanted to do. I want to do this. And I was like, whoa, 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 before you, and I sat myself down and said, before I even find something I want to do, find what's the best where you are. So I was like, okay. So I look at the top, you know, industries in my area and uh, it was abbreviated. I was like, what is the CCI? And it was commercial cleaning. I was like, oh, that kind of sounds lame. So then with finding on my first acquisition, there was no name. It just said, on the acquisition, it said, well, the, uh, the, the page said business as the picture, and is that a little button from like Target? It said business, action, selling price 3.1, and then cash flow uh, 6K, 600,000. And I was like, okay, where's the other information? And it didn't say anything else. Only the other thing it said is seller is retiring, it has uh, been here for 22 years, and they're willing to train that comes with five staff. And it goes into Dan Pena's models. Why are they, if they're selling for retirement, easy, boom. Is it been there? Is it born or fragmented? Boom, it's been there for 22 years. Is it easy to consolidate? Boom. Okay, cool. So with the information that I was presented, they didn't, all you, it weeded out a lot of people that was like, oh, this, we don't even know what it is and they want us to sell it for 3.1, like buy it for 3.1. No. So being who I am, I was like, I'm just call him. Called the man up and uh, he was like, oh, it's Jampro. And I was like, Jampro? What, what is that? Clean. I know it's commercial clean, but what is that? I was like, holy crap. Jampro is the number one in the commercial cleaning industry. It is wow. ranked 39th in the world. Second, I mean, not second to anybody, but as McDonald's is number one because, you know, people like to eat un, uh, unhealthy foods. Um, <laughs> it ranks 29 on the ARS rankings. And Forbes, it's Forbes in, the, the Forbes list is still one number one in the commercial cleaning. And... I found out that it wasn't a unit franchise. He was selling a regional master franchise. I was like, oh, that's why he didn't put all the information because it would have just got unworthy people. He wanted to find a leader to lead this thing because he didn't want to give it up. Just like Dan Pena says, don't give it up. They just want someone to run it. And then they'll help you through the way, which he said he'll train us. And so going into that, I had to do all my due diligence. So when I presented it to, to my team, it was like, okay, what's how do we do this? And I was like, okay, we needed all sit down, and we, I, I drew out a. It was on a board, and I drew out a circle, um, and I said, "We're going to put JPI, Commercial Cleaning Industry, Jam Pro International. That's just the name of the corporation." And I said, "Now, it's, it was at, when we started it was four of us. Now it's just two. When we started, I had lines at everybody's initials names. I said, "Now, what do you want to do with your money?" And it was like, oh, I want to do this. I was like, I wrote down initials. They want to do that. And I was like, what do you want to do? Do this. They want to do that. Okay, okay, cool. And I said, now, think of it as a poker table. We got the pot in the middle. Now we just go back and get our little pieces that we get from being 
owners. Sure. And, and do what we want to do. Just like he says, you can get money and then go save the world. You can't get, you can't save the world with no money. How did you raise? How did you raise your money for it? So when when I was going out, the hardest part for me, like I said, um, I put myself. I ain't gonna say I put myself to torture, but it was a, a discipline. You ever heard of the bomb hot sauce? No. So there's a TV, uh, YouTube channel, and you, you want to laugh at something, YouTube checks the bomb reaction. Okay. Um, uh, there was a, it, the hot sauce, when I tell you, it is like number three on the Scoville scale for the hottest hot sauces in the world. I'm kind of, it's kind of making me like tear up because it's so hot because I, I, I can feel that. Because when I was scared to talk to people or talk to the banks or talk to try to find investors and stuff like that, my punishment to myself was to take a spoonful of that and try to like and go, and go to my mirror and try to talk my, my pitch. And I told myself for two days straight, I did it actually a week straight. And then another day and a half, I was like, cause I, I was so scared to talk to people. And so I was like, man, all right, you know what you got to do. And I, I got, um, a uh, spoonful of it. This, this this one day broke me. I said, "Nope, I'm not ever doing this. I'm opening my mouth. I don't care what they can say. No, all they want to. At least I open my mouth." I I had a I crunched the seed with the sauce, and it got in my throat. And I was on the, my balcony in my apartment. And I was just drooling, and I was talking to myself. I was like, "Dude, just speak. You know, this is hot. Just speak. Just open your mouth, man. Use the use the teeth that your mother paid for. Open your mouth and smile and just talk, man." You should not be putting yourself through this 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 heat, this torture. But at the same time, Jocko Willenick says, with some bad comes good out of it. Yeah, yeah, that hot sauce is hot. But then going into going get the funding, I went to uh, I called my local. Um, he says, do the first bank, right? Do your due diligence on your first the banks you bank with. So I called them up. They're like maybe three hundred feet, not even three hundred, like maybe a block away from me. I called them up and said, hey, can I speak to the commercial lending officer there? And they was like, yeah, yeah, we'll direct you. So I'm waiting. I'm just getting ready, my stuff on the phone to, you know, uh, present it to them. And I also had a mentor who was giving me some little bit of scripts to say, and uh, that was pretty nice. And the lady answers the phone. She said, hey, um, you don't know the cities, but she said, hey, uh, this is so-and-so from Oak Ridge. And I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's an hour away. Why did they direct me there? I didn't ask. I didn't ask. And I said, um. I said, yeah, are you at the local branch here at the State Employee Credit Union? She was like, oh, no, I'm all the way out here. I was like, oh, okay. She said, would you like me to direct you to here to someone closer? I said, no, ma'am, I would come speak to you. That's because, great. So that's the financing, the right? Mm-hmm. And I said, I got there, and I was speaking to her. And just like he says, always ask for recommendations as to who I could speak to next. And she gave me, just like he says, you need to have a bank A, a bank B, and a bank C. And I, and I was sitting there, and I had the video recording, well, the blackout, but you can hear the audio of me pitching it to her. She said, how old are you? And she was like, you you, you got to be like 43 or something. And I was like, no, man, I'm 26. And she was like, holy dude, dude, I am so impressed. I'm and telling you, like, man, and that's why yeah. I want you to, I wanted you on this podcast is because you are impressive. You know what I mean? And you have to be confident. You just, just, if you, yeah. what's worse? that you didn't study for or knowing something to the back of your the back of your palm that you can go in there and just just spit it off the top of your your head yeah you're so practical so, so do you have any yeah. do you have any equity investors i have i have two two okay. and i do and i do one of the guys that he's he said um he, he said uh upon because because on the third the third is my discovery day and to say i told myself 
I got my goals behind me, like what I want to do. But I got my behavior to get there in front of me. And um, it's funny because being a life coach, like becoming a life coach, right? I got to have a speech. And one of the things that um, that has driven me to be better, man, when I say like it, it is like a, a saving grace, I watch a lot of, I watch a particular anime show and it's Dragon Ball Z. The reason why I watch it is because, not because of the fighting, it's because of the teachings that is hidden in there, like the hidden gems in there, the, the, uh, the Easter eggs. And okay, then what, okay. What show is that? I might have missed it. It's called it's called Dragon Ball Super. Dragon and, uh, Ball Super. Interesting. And the, one of the things that, that they would teach you in there, it came out of Napoleon Hill's book. And I was no listening kidding. to it. And I, said, and I was like, wait, wait, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. You know how they say, act, uh, Dan Pien says, act if you are limits, the limits to your abilities are limitless. Mm-hmm. I love right? it, man. You know, and, and, and people like see you and they trip out. Let, let me stay exactly. on the deal. So $3.1 exactly. $3. million deal. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. I find, it, I find it. And then I, I went to the bank that she uh, recommended. The first bank that she recommended me to, because he said you need to have a bank, A, B, and C. She wrote down four banks for me. Went to the first bank and all the scripts that I had, right? All the scripts that I had. By the time he got the chance to speak, he was sweating. And you want to know the golden words he said in the meeting that I have with him? Before I could even ask how much he, before I could even tell him how much the price was for the building, or the company, the the uh, the, the purchase, he said, "How much do you need?" Wow. And I said, I, "And I said, I'll get back to you. I'm still interviewing banks." And he was like, "Just." And then from there, I learned from Chris Voss negotiating. He said, "People get when people are unsure as to if, if they're ever going to like a woman, if they're ever going to see you again, they start doing things that's not." Uh, traditional, like giving you stuff that, that, that oh, here, take this with you too. I, I was thinking about you. Here, take this. The dude, the banker, or the commercial lending officer there was just giving me more information to, hey, when you go to the next bank, be sure to mention this. Oh, thank you. I didn't know that. Oh, also, hey, take this with you. When you go there, make sure you 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 uh, you present this information. You doing everything that you got is great. Great. Just remember to put this in there too. And I said, okay, okay, okay. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't know that. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I just want you to see, man. And I really look forward to doing business with you. And I said, yeah, I'll be back. But let me, I got, I got to take care of some more information. It put them at a conflict binding interest, just like he says. They put the banks against each other, and so they start leveraging against each other. Dude was like, I'll give you this much. I didn't ask. I didn't even ask for how much. He just said, how much do you need? Because if you do your homework and your due diligence to the fact that you know everything that you, you, you know everything that you learn from your own research, by the time they get done, by the time you get done talking, they're like, oh, well, you got everything set. What you need from us? How much you need? That's, that's how awesome. it happened. You know, and, that, and that's how it's so. And then um, on the third, I told myself, I, I didn't tell what it was. I just put a note card in my front of my face that says, January 30, it's done or fail. Burn the ships. There's no retreat. Once you get off that shore, keep moving. And um, Gibraltar. Right. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. And the, the funniest thing is, like I said, I've only doing. I started in. De- I started December the twelfth, and it's January. It's been forty something days. You're fucking nuts, man. That's insane. That's so, insane. And the the motivation to me was, I ran out of things. I, I this got this has got to be successful because I ran out of things that didn't work, and you know where that came from. Came from the. It came from the bigger grow rich. Uh, he said, it is literally all 
getting tight together. Mm-hmm. That's insane. He said, I, he said, he, Thomas Edison, why did you know that the light bulb was going to work? He said, I've been in here 10,000 times, and the 10,000th time, it worked. And had it not been for it coming after the 10,000th try, I would not be out here speaking to you. He said, what does that mean? I ran out of stuff. I knew it had to be successful because I ran out of stuff that didn't work. And this made sense to me. That's fascinating. Can we talk specifics about the deal? Okay. So six hundred thousand dollars in in earnings a year. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. They they, just, they put that up there as a front. In order, I had when I got the FDD, my mouth dropped because they wanted to weed out people who were not serious. So that was a, I like that, and I like that because if just like uh, um, Dan Pien says, you can get the information online. But when you get tested, it's like your credibility and an attitude is when you fork over that twenty thousand to go do this, the seminar for a week, and it's, they got a forty percent retention rate. You mean to tell me you paid twenty grand and then go, dude? My, my, let me. That's something you can keep with you. My grandma says, if it ain't free, it ain't for me. So I take upon if it's if it's information I can read. If it's free, why wouldn't you take it? I am blown away, deal, dude. The deal when he he showed me after I signed my FDD on the seventh of January twenty twenty, I was going through doing my due diligence. It sucks because I ain't even I did not want to read this two hundred page document. Of course, I did I didn't have a lawyer though? And I'll tell you how I got. I landed a lawyer for KPMG. People would be like, "Well, what's that?" They're number two on the top accounting firms. Uh, and he's in mergers and acquisitions. And I, I'm not, I can't disclose his name. No, that's all right. And success, yeah. success fee based. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hell yeah. So so okay. So six hundred thousand or more. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's that's selling they, for. That's what they showed. Yeah, that's what they told us on the web. When I when I opened the the document, I was like, "Get out of here!" All right. Get so, out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, let, let's let's stay on course with the deal. So the numbers. Okay. Do you mind discussing numbers? I could give. I'm gonna give off numbers, but uh, you can get an estimate. Of what okay, I, not a problem. Well, we we yeah. don't have to. We don't have to discuss specifics as much as just mm-hmm. like how much. <clears throat> I should say, what's the percentage of equity that you were able to raise for this deal? Uh, I'd say fifty-five percent. No kidding, fifty-five percent equity. And that's before the seller said he would finance forty-five percent of it. And how much did you have to give up in equity for that forty-five percent off the off the purchase price? Uh, the KPMG the uh, guy he said he just take ten. I was like, okay. Uh, but my industry expert, there, I I may have to sit down and go. Oh, the, the same guy I was talking to you the other day because you know you said they, they're they're greedy. Uh, I might have to sit down and talk <laughs> well, to him. Well, they're again, pretty tough. Mm-hmm. However, however. The reason why he was so tough is because that is the dude. That's the guy. He, he literally said, "He said I came over here with twenty dollars in my pocket, and I was the top industry like um, industry expert for this field for a reason." What country because is he I, from? I, I, I he didn't tell me. Okay. I didn't ever really ask, but I know he has a strong, strong, strong accent. Okay. And um, and he said he he looked at me and he said, "Oh, these people." The reason he volunteered himself to go to our discovery day because they know who he is. He's the one that they got to go through to get the uh, the chemicals approved. What killed me was when well, not killed me, but I just laughed because he didn't tell me any information. He said, "So what do you know? What do you know? That's what he wanted to know. What do you, how much do you know?" And I was going into this. He's like, "I'm fascinated. Okay, I'm in." I was like, "Huh? Seriously?" And he was like, "Yeah, I just want to see how much you know." 
And then he said, about me, um, I got 136 patents in my name. First of all, it takes a person an entirety of their lifetime to get one and even get consideration. And this man has 136? Holy, what? Wow. He, he volunteered dude, to come dude, down I, there. I, I wish you could see the smile on my face. <laughs> fucking insane, dude. But I outbounded though. I outbound, just like Jason Jason uh, Rogers said, man. If y'all don't ever, if you ever want to learn something, just YouTube the dude. And he said, you got the outbound. The closer you get the five thousand calls, the closer you be rich, which is true. All I did for one day, because of course it's like, which was as good about LinkedIn. You get that thirty day free trial. Message anybody you want to. Type it in there and message them. What's the worst you go? They say no or decline the message. Okay, cool. Go to the next one and just keep doing. It. If you got if you got a script, right? That don't mean that means you don't have to talk. Just copy and paste. <laughs> just copy and paste and keep going. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, wow. And when 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 is your deal set to close? So when I the, the other night I was sitting with my partner and I said, man, this is kind of weird because when the dude was like, they gave you the international um, FDD, you know, accounting stuff, and I was like, yeah, they did. He said, you're gonna need the sellers that that location that you need, and I said, you're right. But then I was like, well, where? Why would they give me? Why would they give me the international stuff? I was just like, okay, this doesn't make sense. So I was staying up late at night, and I looked at my wall and said, successfully excludes. And I could hear him screaming it at the, the seminar attendees. And so then I went back to look at the PowerPoint deck that they gave me. And at the bottom, it says, at the bottom, it says, uh, you do, oh, well, one, it gets six steps. Due diligence calls, um, uh, initial um, call from the VP. Then they give you the FDD. And then if you get past FDD, it's discovery day. And then a, a award, award. It says awards and offer, and then training. So you'll, be, sat, you'll be officially a franchise, a franchisee of this organization. Mm-hmm. And it all became because I was just unsure as to. They gave me all this information, and I kept asking the man. One thing you that people should understand when um, older generation, older generations of people, they talk a different way. However, just remember, they let them have their time. They're more patient than I am. And so in negotiating with him, the thing that I wanted him to understand was uh, I said, to, this is when he gave me the, the FDD. I, I texted him and I said, <clears throat> this came from Mr. Hill. And I said, um, hey, Mr. Cusito, it is a great day to be alive. And this is on the, the 13th of January. And I said, we are ready to proceed as we continue to step forward. Thank you for the opportunity. And their slogan is, we mean clean, and it will be embedded in our programs. And I said, however... We will not engage in no transaction which does not benefit all whom it affects. We provide excellent services for everyone through truth and justice. From here, you let me know what we need to know to make a decision. And I said, as I got off of it, I said, nothing is more expensive than a a missed opportunity. He sent me all the FDD information the next day. He said, hey, we're going to have all this stuff. Just be patient with us. And I I made sure I didn't go out of my way to message him again because... When you are naive and fatuous to people of power, it see it is deemed as this dude is a, a jester. He's not serious. He's not disciplined. When you say so, this dude, do you mean him or or you? It's like it, when you say like when I say this dude, as in they're like this guy has been bugging me about getting the transfer agreement for the company. He's been bugging me and it's getting on my nerves. Do we want to proceed with this person? Are you guys sure? This, this yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah. shit, I'll get off the. He's pot. talking about me. Talking about yeah, it's like me saying, "Dude, you're not serious. Stop. You got to get out. Let, go do your homework. Start doing homework. Stop bugging him. You got did, stuff to take care of." 
did you when you said when you said um, nothing more expensive than a missed opportunity? Did you mean to be? Um, I'm trying to understand the psychology. Did you mean to basically give him a uh, use it that that as a scare tactic? Is like, all right, man, like let's get this shit done already, or I, no, because two things happened. Remember, I told you that when we looked at the listing, he only gave us a, bit, a little bit of information, right? So he told us three point one on the website and six hundred k in cash flow, right? I when I called him, the first thing that come out of his mouth. Is because this is something that you need. Everyone needs to learn when you're you're talking to businesses. Do not ever let them ask you how much money do you have. You're trying to sell me a business, so you sell me what I'm. You tell me what I want to know to to look into buying this. And I go in and say that when he called me, when I called him, he thought that I didn't do my due diligence and was like, "Yeah, we're selling this for four point five million. There's a five times the EBITDA." Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute, wait a minute, sir. Wait a minute. And he goes. Let me tell you how I got an answer out of him. He was telling me that information, and I was just listening to him because Napoleon Hill says, ask questions and then let him and let him talk. And I was just listening because I made sure I was like, I don't want to quote him wrong if he says something wrong. But what I did not understand was he just told me a lie, right? He told me a lie. So I, I didn't say anything to him. I just said, okay, I'm listening. And so then after, after, after I he, I let him talk, I said this to him. This phone call, Mr. Cusito, is nothing but a, an inquiry. We are interested in the financials of your business Hand first. Now, it all comes down to the details, which weren't shown from our side of the website. In fact, how many other individuals are even keen to finance this deal? And if they had the money, would they? So I say to you, this information is key. How would we move forward with the five times EBITDA and a 4.5 action price if it was listed at 3.1 with no EBITDA? Do you want us to fail? And from there, I got 30 minutes of information I didn't even know because he was lying. So I, he, I got him to, I didn't need him to tell me that, yes, he's right. But he gave me information as to, yeah, um, we're going to be, going over the financials and making sure we get this stuff uh, uh, down packed and we're going to give you a call and send you the right stuff and, and yeah. offer to take me out to lunch. It's in, <laughs> it's insane, dude. How It's insane how, I mean, and, and I have a 10-minute 10, 10, 10 podcast or episode about, you know, being skeptical and trusting mm-hmm. nobody in this process Trust because you can, I mean, not you, but I mean, one, one a buyer can get fucked with a transaction so bad if you're not doing your due diligence because you know what brokers don't give a fuck they do not they you know don't work I mean? for them they're, the, they're, they're the, the henchmen right one one thing i learned is like you gotta buy the seller if the seller is a good person mm-hmm. you know that's and awesome the crazy, man with the crazy let me tell you why the price the price is going to go down in the fdd on the 13th page it says uh they offer a 10 percent uh, a discount to veterans. My business partner is, is a, a active duty military. They don't know that though. But when we go down there, they don't, they don't know that. The reason why is because when we we submitted information to uh, go to the event in Georgia of North, uh, United States, I just put down their names. The only person I did give the accreditation is Doctor Ahmed because you know you that's respect. 
But mm. other than that, it's just Mr. Scott and Mr. Seagraves. Mr. Seagraves has been in the army. They don't know that because when we show up there to the dinner, we're meeting we're meeting Rush Reynolds first, the CEO of JPI, all of them. Right? We meet him first, and he's gonna be in his dress blues. If you don't understand what dress blues is, it is the, the military ball, if uh, um, his, all of his achievements. And then, because like he said, he wanted to charge us to three point one. You got the fact in that ten percent, sir. Why? Because he's an owner too. It's negotiating. You wanted to. You, 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 I you're, to you're, you're a fan of power moves. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. If you're you you're a power you moves kind of guy. I'm the type of person. If you said, "Hey, you can't swim," and I'm like, "Not only can I, you're not gonna. T- not only aren't you gonna tell me I can't do something, I'll put center blocks on my feet and show you I can swim." Funny you say that because I'm a swimmer myself. And yeah, it's just, dude. what are you willing to do? What are you scared of? What's what's holding you back? Well, you and know, funny, you know yeah, Joe Rogan. Thing, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, yes. Joe Rogan says most men live in silent desperation. Think about that, man. Mm-hmm. Think about think about people who go to a fucking cubicle every single day for the rest of their lives, doing shit they hate for people oh, they don't man. like. You mm. know, they wear khaki I, pants. Uh, and, 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 I want to yeah. tell you something, man. Talk this, to me, this, man. Talk this, to me. This, Enlighten this, me, dude. A lot of this enlightenment came from a situation that was with with a previous girlfriend. Um, and this is why I'm uh, just like the guy you mentioned. I'll give you a short explanation on that. I li- if you ever want to learn something about women, list look up Patrice O'Neill. For great, I mean, just all oh, all around understood the thing in and out. But going into that, I dated a girl for three years, right? And uh, the thing I didn't understand was when it was time to go, I didn't even know. I was at work, working my 10 to 7, and I would come home, and I'd call her. I was like, hey, how you doing? How was your day? And this one time, she didn't call me. I was like, okay, what's going on? And she said, hey, you need to come get your stuff. And I was like, well, did I do something wrong? No, you just need to leave. I was like, uh, okay. Is there something like you're mad or something? And she was like, no, like this, I, this is not. we're not together anymore. I was like, what? I'm confused. And then I go into, I go into a series of, I tell, I tell people all the time, they're like, well, you must have been with this girl for two or three months. I said, no, what I'm about to tell you, this happened for two or three years. The same thing it goes to the cognitive dissonance is, is to say, what people keep telling you, it, it sticks with you. From the moment I was with this lady, she kept telling me that I wasn't supposed to be there. I was only around her because I was funny and handsome. Mm. And I kept, I didn't understand that. And so then I was just like, well, she told me the last guy that she, she wants, she dated, she trusted and loved him, but he didn't want to be in a relationship with, with her. And I said, okay, well, I'll show you something different. You don't have to trust or love me, but I'll show you loyalty. Yeah. Cause to me, loyalty, people always say, I'd rather have to trust someone. No, no. Forget anything about a trust. You want me to tell you why? Cause trust begets nothing. People you go into battle with, are loyal to you to the death, and because you, they know that they didn't go through the same thing that you, that y'all both went to as far as business partners to prove I'm with you 100%. Forget the trust. You can say that all you want to. Loyalty people, loyalty runs the crew because they are. The, you see them, and it's like that's a that's a, the highest level of respect. And so going into that, she kept telling me that all the time. Now so you know you're not supposed to be here, right? She kept treating me like crap. Let me tell you how bad it got. 
this I a man we'll, should we'll, never we'll, do this. Will will it tie back to the QLA and the Yes. Okay. Yep. Talk to me. I'm intrigued. I found out just like you said, how can people work a nine to five? I didn't know she was studying to become an audiologist. I didn't know what that was. It's like hearing aids and stuff. And I said, uh, I said, well, how did you get into audiology? She said, oh, I hate it. I was like, what do you mean? You're, you're in the last two years of your doctorate program. She said, yeah, I'm just sticking with it. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, you don't like this and you're doing it? Because it's giving you a DR behind your name? She said, I mean, I guess. I don't really like it at all. I said, how can – and in my brain, I'm like, I, am, I will not do anything that I do not like to do and stick with it for eight years and schooling for that? Are you kidding me? Crazy. And the, and the thing I said to her was like, where do you, how did you get that? Because I asked her, I said, how did you train your mentality to get that way? Yeah. She said, I just kept studying it. I was like, but you don't like it. She said, but if you keep reading it, eventually you understand it. It's not that I like it. I understand it. And I was just like, holy fuck. Mm -hmm. Because then I got to the QLA, I got to the QA models. And I was like, I don't understand what the hell I'm reading. I looked at Moran Pobert's videos. I couldn't understand what he was saying. I looked at some other QLA mentees. I stayed up still watching the, the QLA premieres at 4 o'clock in the morning. Then I ran into Jason Jason Rogers. Me and Jason Rogers are the same age. 26. He's impressive, by the way. Incredibly impressive. And I told, him, I, I told him yesterday, I told him, and I sent him a message saying, hey, man, I don't, I don't know, because I don't know if he reads it, because it's a, it's a page. It's not a friend message, like a friendly message on, on Facebook. And I said, hey, man, if no one told you, I'm proud of you, and I believe in you, dude, because you had the opportunity, after you left the castle, to just go and do your stuff and keep it moving. Yet, you came back and helped people. Not only did you help, you explained it. And since we're the same age, right, it's in our generational way of thinking. So when my buddy was, like, unsure as to, what are you talking about, dude? Because when you're, when you're trying to talk about the QLA to people, they're like, dude, what are you, shut up, what are you talking about? And was like, oh, you know what, you know what, let's watch this video. And by the time, by the time they finish the video, like, wait, you've been doing this? You got all this done? This is 40 days worth? Yeah. And I say that with strong conviction. It's what you do with your time. I don't control that. However, if, if the information is there, who am I to tell you that you can't go get it? I can only be proud of you what you accomplish. And if you don't accomplish nothing, one of the, one of the things I have that is a motto to me, comfort breeds weakness if you're comfortable with the things you're going through right now you're not gonna make any type of change to make yourself better love it you know and, and i'm not gonna lie to you man I, I i was there you know i was in i was in medical sales for seven years uh, raking in some sweet commission checks comfort travel cards las vegas uh, steak dinners with doctors you name it you know what i mean and and it was good while it lasted but mario it was comfortable it was comfortable because it, it was, and, and that actually, I mean, granted, I, I saved money and what have you, and I'm able to, to buy businesses because of that, but the point is is that I suffered because I would have been at a much better, in a much better financial situation today had I not been as comfortable as I was for the past 12 years. It's kind of interesting, and I'm not bitching about it, I'm just kind of... I, I trust you. I understand. I understand because just like Dan Payne says, what you waited to do ten years later, you could have did yesterday. Oh sure. Because I gave, I gave, I didn't give my friends an ultimatum. I gave them a. Uh, I said to them, I said, uh, my my first three friends, I was like, yo, 
Just like Dan Pena says in the in the, the first day of the QLA seminars, he said, "You don't do your homework. You got the program. No, don't ask me. No, you didn't do your homework. Do you, you want? You, do you wish to go to the castle? Hell yeah. Okay. Hell, listen. Not only will I go to the castle, you will know who I am simply because of what I'm going to wear to that boxing event. Because people, I, I made a comment on the QLA boxing. You can screenshot it and put it in the, the podcast because it's true. I saw, I saw people in there boxing that you know twenty thousand dollars they put in there, and they was not swinging as if they wanted it. And I. We don't there and made a comment and said, whoever's in my ring belt is going to be sorry. And someone commented and said, you know we can see your profile picture, right? And I said, but, but you can't see these hands. And for that reason, you only see the portrait that you that is portrayed right now. But do you know where I grew up at? No. So I, I trust me, when, you, when I tell you the same energy you have to say something to me like that, you better have the same energy when you step in that ring. Because I, every year, it's crazy, because every year, at the end of the year, my family hosts a, 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 a family boxing event. I mean, just throwing hands. <laughs> and you tell me, you tell me if them people up there for 20 grand think they're going to stop me. No I got more boxing prowess than any of them. So you're not gonna start. You're not gonna tell me I can't do something because I'm making my way. I'm putting. I'm changing my behavior to get there. Yeah. Well, you certainly have the tenacity, obviously, to to to, to make a four million dollar acquisition within forty days. Um, you know, it's man. A, it's a thrill, thrill of the hunt, man. Dude, it, it's gotta got tell you, man. I'm 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 rather inspired by you. You're eleven years younger than I am, and and and. It's, I can't it's, I can't wait to speak at that TED Talks event. It's incredible, <laughs> dude. No, I'm, I mean I am looking forward to to flying out. In two to three years, and mm-hmm. or shorter, or you know, uh, uh, I guess a shorter time period. I come to you. <laughs> right on, dude. Yeah, but I mean, I want to, I want to show on camera the lifestyle that you're living, so others are inspired. Because not only. Well, I will say this though, you remember as as young as I am, I am extremely humble. Let me tell you why. It's because it sucked. I will say it sucked. It was hard, but it sucked. Yeah. We did grow. We did. We did not grow up poor. As my family, we grew up maybe a couple bit of it poor. There was times where we had to share, not share. People don't understand the concept of it's not your turn to eat, right? That happened. That, that I had to live with that, right? There were some days where, hey, it's his turn to eat today. You gonna? Have, I don't know what you got to do, but you, you know, you, you can't eat. And I, we, you, me and my brother, we didn't have food, so we were still. We only stole for the things that we needed, which was food. Right. So we didn't have that. And growing up, people, you you know this now, people who are hungry for something, they'll find a way to get there. Oh, yeah. But you have to be humble. So my, my lifestyle consists of making it making life simple. And it comes from my name. I, I told myself that I was young. I was like 15 because I didn't want to. I do not want to be. Uh, I, I watch a lot of the, the celebrities that go through crazy stuff. And I was like, all right, what did they do to get there? I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I say that, and I made that acronym for myself from out of my my initials MLS. And I told myself, make life simple. Do not make it hard on yourself. Make you don't need a fancy yeah. lifestyle. You just need your teeth to smile. And you smile, you. And I'm not the one that show. I'm not the fancy dude. I am fancy. Is uh, the fanciest thing I'll ever do is buy a great looking pizza from DiGiorno. <laughs> and I love I love pizza. But you know, I'm not the lifestyle person because I'm humble. I'll give it away. 
Yeah, I told the last job interview. Yeah, the last job interview I interviewed for before I started doing this this uh, process. The dude said, I asked him, man, he said, well, he said, why would you want to work for me? I said, no. I said, well, can I tell you this question to you? I said, um, can you teach me to be successful and be a leader? And he said, yeah. I said, well, I'll work for free. I don't have to, I'll start right now. That's incredible. I told him that. And, That's he, incredible. and then the next week he didn't offer me a job. And so you tell me, you tell me he couldn't teach me then. So why would I waste my time? Be humble. You don't need lavish things. It's, you can't take it when you, you can't, my grandma always said, you can't take it with you when you go. So be humble enough to share. Share the wealth, share the knowledge, empower other people that put them in position to learn something. No you, doubt. Do not learn, you, you do not learn nothing from just learning on your own. You learn it by teaching it to other people because you're constantly repetition. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, yeah, but yeah. We'll, we'll, end, we'll end with this, Mario. Give me... Mm-hmm. Give me the best advice you can give someone that's just beginning the process of success and making it big, financially and otherwise. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. This goes out to a friend of mine named Thomas Sesco, and we watch a man named uh, Ronnie Coleman. Shout out to Thomas. Everybody wants to be big, but don't nobody want to lift these heavy-ass weights. So with that being said, you want to be you want to get you want to be successful. You're gonna to have to be extremely disciplined. You're gonna to have to go through hurt. You're gonna to have to go through pain. You're gonna to have to you're gonna have people are gonna cut you off because they ain't gonna see they're gonna see you as weird and this doesn't make sense. How did you get there? Be disciplined enough. And going back to what I said earlier, be strong enough, be man enough to take your ball and go home. Isolation is a gift. Everything else is a test of your endurance. Use your time wisely because it is not guaranteed. Tomorrow is not promised, so do it now. If you don't start now, you'll never do it. I didn't understand that. And it goes to say this. If you was making a million dollars yesterday from doing what you were doing day to day, grading papers, by all means, go ahead. Teach me how to do that. But if not, what's stopping you from getting up and learning something? Come on, man. Just do it. Your body will thank you. Try. You never know unless you try. Push yourself to the edge. Push yourself. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Dude, you know, it's so funny because (laughs) as you and I talked before we started recording, we meant for this to be half an hour, but it's been so, it's been so, um, well, it's powerful and it's, it's, um, intriguing in a sense because i can literally visualize that you're telling me about your growing up and your mom and your dad and the environment and and obviously learning for me to learn about uh north carolina and the and the southern strategy and and the, and the way you felt you've been treated when you were a kid and and where you're going i mean it's really <clears throat> really really intriguing and and I, I can't thank you enough for the time, dude. And I, I look no forward to seeing you in a year, maybe less, uh, live, living the invite way you want to live. Invite me, and, invite me for the special co-host days. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Uh, appreciate your time, man. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. For everyone that's out there thinking that they can't do it, don't think it. Tell yourself you can. The more you tell yourself, the world will respond. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, Mario Scott, dude, I, I look forward to your success and continued success. I look forward to... I look forward to shaking your hand. Right on, man. Same here. Same here, absolutely. And and I trust we'll meet, for sure, I trust we'll meet at the QLA uh, seminar. 
Oh, really? You gonna go too? I want to, man. Yeah, I, I definitely want to want to get the first acquisition, uh, so I can get some right, passive right, income right, right. going. Uh, hey, you might not want to get in that ring with me, buddy. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I, I will take you up on it. I will take you up on it. But I appreciate. It. Thank you for having me. You bet, Thank man. You, you bet. Uh, stay online. Actually, I'm just gonna go ahead and stop it, and then and then thank you offline. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you heard, Mario Scott, what what a what a conversation. And um, any feedback, let us know. And uh, if you want to get in touch with uh, Mario, Mario, are you open to, to mentoring uh, younger? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, the what I do, uh, other than my acquisitions, I, I have a Google Classroom called Manifest, Lead, and Succeed. And my own, my own uh, quote says, in order to manifest your dreams, you must conquer the leader within. For anyone that wants to learn how to do acquisitions, I have a Google Classroom. And I will teach you. I have videos and everything. I go, I go in depth, just like Mr. Rogers does. The only thing I will say, you have 24 hours in a day, use it wisely. I don't go out and cut emails. It does it by itself. So at 11.59, if you don't submit something, it cuts the email. So it's up to you. It's what you want. Love it. Love it. Love it. Right yeah. on, man. Uh, I'm glad you told us. How, how do they find this... Uh... So what you would do is you would if you find me on Facebook it's Mario Scott or you could email me at manifest lead succeed consulting at Gmail and from there we'll get you started and like I said I don't charge anything because I didn't I didn't pay anything for this and from there you're more than welcome to send me send me questions uh, uh, interviewing how to do uh, how to talk to financial businesses scripts or how you can do that and I can go over there and critique and say hey look you should try this this next time I'll be, from there, I'll be signing you know, up. <laughs> hey, the more the merrier, you know. You, you and bet, just use, use your platform to grow, and I'll help you continue to grow, just like I told Mr. Rogers. And right I appreciate on, the opportunity, and thank you. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, Mario. Appreciate your time, and uh, we will touch base on on podcast or or YouTube in a year or less. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome.